This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Good evening, everyone. It is Sunday night, which means it's on the ball on the ball with all the latest news and talking points. The brand new show here on Always Wolves Fan TV and the Always Wolves podcast. We're live across YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. And this week I'm joined by the doctor, the doctor himself, Dr. Paul Mansell, who is looking very suave this evening. How are you doing, Paul? Hi, Dave. Hi, everyone. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Hope you're well as well. Fantastic. And we're going to be talking about all the main talking points of the week. And the two main talking points, really, is the transfer of uh, Wolves' Captino. 253 appearances for the club. Mr Ruben Neves, who has not gone for Barcelona. He has, as was rumoured and suggested, signed for Saudi Arabian Side Al Hilal for £47 million. Uh, we're going to get a little bit more stuck into that. We've got two young guests that are sitting backstage, Lewis and Lucas, uh, that had quite a little bit of, to do with uh, Ruben Neves throughout the last five or six years through their dad and their dad's company. And they will be able to give us a little bit of an insight on Ruben the man. We're also going to be talking about uh, the Wolves away kit that has been released this week's the red away kit, um, and uh, obviously we've done the polls. You've probably seen the uh, the review that we did, and um, we're going to get Paul's view on that, and we're also going to get Lewis's and Lucas's view on that as well. And we we'll obviously want to get your views on that, and then we're going to be also taking your questions. And um, Paul wants to talk a little bit about uh, Nathan. Collins as well, with uh, Brentford moving very, very close to the 25 million Wolves are supposedly uh, looking at. Already we've got 88 live watching, um, and I know thousands of you watch it back and listen to it on the podcast as well. And um, We've got loads of people saying good evening. Um, so 
Paul, first of all, let's get stuck into the main talking point. Uh, and everyone wants to know, Paul, did you cry when Ruben Neves <laughs> left this post? It got me a bit misty-eyed watching it. Um, I think he was really brave, you know, doing that video because he could have easily have hidden behind, like, um, just a written statement that had come out. So it just shows the measure of the man, really, that he was prepared to be filmed, knowing he'd probably get upset and speaking like that. So hats off to him for being so so brave in doing that video. Absolutely. I wonder what, when do you think that video was done? Maybe Lewis and Lucas may even know this when we asked them, but when do you think uh, the video was done? It's, it's hard to know, isn't it? Because I don't think he gives away much about his future in the video. It's more about thanking the fans and the past six years. So it's hard to know, really. I mean, he's been away with Portugal, hasn't he? Um, on yeah. international duty over the last week, 10 days. So it, it may have been filmed for a while and I think they would have been quite sure that he was moving on this summer anyway, you know, for a while. So, yeah, my, my bet is that it's probably been filmed for a couple of weeks maybe. Possibly. Uh, as you say, he was away in um, Portugal playing with the Portuguese national side. Um, and But the signing... Uh, to Al Hilal was actually uh, in Paris, and it's only a short hop from uh, right. Paris to think. So you know, potentially could have done it um, once this decided. It might have been something that he that he wanted to do, um, you know. But if he was definitely, I mean, because like it was only really transpired in the last week, hasn't it? Because um, we all thought. I mean, from what I was told last season, Ruben Neves had moved all his. Um, gear out of his house he would go into Barcelona he waved us goodbyes last season the season before last tear in his eye then it fell through and again it was being reported the personal terms had been agreed with Barcelona um, and they just basically messed him about again and then obviously Al Hilal have come in uh, they're, I mean they're spending I mean so much money at the moment um, you know I, mean, they've, they've, I think they've announced another signing today I looked on their Twitter. They've got 11.2 million followers on Twitter. Al Hilal. Do you know how many followers Wolves have on Twitter? Just over a million. 1.2 million. Yeah. And Wolves are a Premier League team. And Al Hilal have got 11.2 million uh, followers, which is like 10 times more than Wolves, which surprised me, really. Um, what do you make about, um, about the move, Paul? I've been I've been toing and froing all weekend with lots of different thoughts and emotions about it. I mean, the first thing to say, obviously, it's really sad, isn't it? You know that someone who, not just like our own fan base, really have taken to, but I think it's fair to say, the whole like British fan base have also taken to him. Sometimes you can get a player that divides opinion, that rubs up fans the wrong way. I'm thinking of someone like Bruno Fernandes, you know, undoubtedly a good player, but people don't like him as a character. But I yeah. think you'll find struggle, you'll find you struggle to find somebody who's got a bad word to say about Ruben, even fans from other clubs, they admire him as well. And I think if any fan of any club in our country had, had signed Ruben, they'd have been delighted. So obviously really sad. Um, but if you strip it back to this, right? Our captain and our best player has 
um, has not signed a new contract and instead he's moved to Saudi Arabia and to play in a league that's ranked below the Scottish Premiership and just above the Italian Serie C. I find that really hard to get my head around, you know, that he hasn't signed a new contract with us and instead he's elected to play in that league. You could not predict that. And I'm finding it really hard to comprehend that decision. I mean, I think we know what the driving force is and who the driving force is behind that as well. And it's probably not him. Um, but well, yeah, you're referring to Mr. Mendes. I am indeed. And we can't complain too much about him uh, because we have to remember he's given us a lot of good things as well. But yeah, um, I find it hard to believe that Ruben really wants to go there. And um, I think he's, he's part of a, a bigger plan and a bigger jigsaw that's happening. And, the carousel. Yeah. You can't imagine him saying, get me a move to Saudi Arabia, can you? You can't well, imagine no. him. I mean, to be honest, I don't think anyone that's gone there has, um, has said, get me a move to uh, Saudi Arabia. Um, the thing is, I mean, if you look at F1, there's money being pumped into that. They're getting a, a Formula One. If you look at the golf, um, what's happened with the golf and the money that's gone into there and there, the PGA have joined forces, money talks. You look at um, all the big boxing matches used to be in Vegas or Madison Square Garden. They're all going over to Saudi Arabia at all. It's like there's such an investment going into sports and there's a, a bottomless pit. I mean, um, the big shock about Ruben uh, going there is like what you said is correct. I think... We all know, and probably when Lucas and Lewis come on, they might be able to give us a little bit more on insight, that Ruben really wanted to go and play in the Champions League where he was playing with Porto when he moved to us. And his dream move was Barcelona. You know, that's what he wanted to do. I mean, they did the same to um, Adama Traore. Uh, he went over there and then they dropped him. It's like they seem to do this a lot. Um, but the big surprise is that there's no one else really that's come in for Ruben. Um, one year left on his contract, you would have thought a, a, a bit of around about 25, 27 million pounds with within one year on his contract would have um, been enough uh, for Wolves to have said yes and he'd have gone to a, a Champions League club somewhere else in Europe. What's your take on the fact that no one else seemed to have come in for him? Very surprising. I mean, think of someone who's in a similar situation. Declan Rice, he's got a year left. He's only two years younger. And again, like Ruben, he's very experienced for his age. A lot of international football. West Ham are not going to let him go for less than 100 million. So um, I think we still could have got a really good fee for him in the Premier League based on the Declan Rice uh, scenario. But yeah, I'm, I'm amazed that a Man United... And Arsenal hasn't gone in for him because he's got all the attributes to to be a Champions League player, and and we all know that's where he belongs in terms of his ability and his attitude and his character. So yeah, I'm amazed that a Premier League team hasn't come in for him. Um, we know that he's happy in this country as well. He speaks very good English. His family are very happy in the area. So it's a loss to the Premier League and European football as well. You know, as as much as it's a loss to us. Absolutely. Uh, to be honest, as a Wolves fan, 
I don't think any Wolves fan really wanted him to go to another Premier League team because we didn't really. It would be hard for him to come back. You know, it, I mean, initially, especially initially to come back and play against Wolves. Um, there's a bit of a, a bit a bit of a talk about. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. El Halil are going to pay forty-seven million pounds, and is reported on somewhere between three hundred thousand pounds a week, which is incredible money. Uh, but what's going to happen is they're then going to loan him back to Newcastle. I mean, I think that's laughable personally, but um, what's your take on that? Would I don't know if it would be that that surprising. I mean, can you really see him staying there for three years for his three-year contract? It might be that Barcelona haven't got the money for him now, but they think they might have in 12 months' time. So it might just be a short-term stepping stone to Champions League football. You know, so I don't expect him to stay there for his three-year contract. Um, well, possibly not. My, my take on that is that Newcastle have are nowhere near if any FFP problems. They haven't spent as much money already as people would were saying they were going to be spending last season to get to where they are. If they wanted to have bought Ruben Neves, they could have got him for about 27, 30 million pounds tops. They'd have had an asset on their books, which is going to, you know, increase as profit. I don't see any of this like, oh, he's going there to go and play for Newcastle to get around FFP because Newcastle aren't in any any FFP problems. So it's an interesting one. Let's bring on uh, Lewis and Lucas uh, now to uh, to get their thoughts on the uh, on Ruben Neves. Let me just change the background first. Uh, here they are. I'm just going to change it so that it looks a little bit neater. There we go. Uh, welcome to the show, guys, for making your debut. How are you? Introduce yourselves. Yeah, so, hello, I'm Lewis, and this is Lucas. Um, we we lifelong Wolves fans. Um, we've been since we were born. Uh, we, we have a slightly closer relationship with the club than most, just because of the the, the taxes that my family own. Um, the Wentzfield have been in partners with almost with Wolves for almost three decades now. So it's, uh, it's been a since even my dad's only forty four. So even when he was a kid, it was always um, it's always been around that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So uh, do you want to just? I mean, I'm just going to play a little bit of a video here. This is, I think, is it Lucas? The video that I'm going to play. Yeah. So this is. Let's play it from the beginning. So, put your hand up. Who was on the pitch there doing the uh, the the Olays with the? Uh, there you go, with yeah. uh, with Nuno. What what did that feel like? It felt like surreal because we just came off the win against um, Fulham as well. Uh, so it was just like uh, important, and it was the last home game of the season as well. So it's just like important that I know it's like felt happy that I've always wanted to do it as well since he's been at the club. Fantastic. Um, and what's your take on um, on Ruben Neves leaving not to go to Barcelona but to go to Saudi Arabia? Were you taken by surprise? Um, personally, I didn't think the move to Barcelona suited uh, Neves and Barcelona. I think obviously with uh, Sergio Busquets leaving, they will need a, a deeper midfielder. And although Ruben Neves, you know, he certainly plays a lot deeper, has done over the past few seasons, I think he's not the right build for, for that role. 
Um, obviously, Pedri and Gavi are those those two centre mids in front of Busquets. Uh, they're a bit more mobile, and, and they're probably a similar build to Neves. But I think he just lacks that physicality and a physical presence that someone like Rodri at Manchester City uh, would have, uh, and he, he just doesn't have that. So I think the owner of Barcelona, I think the the president, he really pushed for Neves more than Javi. So I think if he had gone, um, he may have spent a lot of the season on the bench or not really involved with the the starting lineup. Paul, uh, it seemed to know their stuff, didn't they? What's your uh, what's your um, take on that? He's good enough to play for any team uh, in Europe and 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 do them proud. So um, yeah, I, I think the, the lads make a good point there about Rodri. You know, different with his physicality, maybe his height, his build. But if you were any Premier League or European team, Ruben Neves would add to your team for sure. Absolutely. So you got to spend a little bit of time. Um, I mean, obviously, um, with Neves, because um, we're not going to say who the company is or anything like that, but um, your um, your dad's involved with the company that does a little bit of work with Wolves. So you've got to, got to see a little bit of behind-the-scenes access to some of the players. Um, do you want to sort of talk through that and how you found uh, Ruben? Um with your dealings with him and what he's, what he's like as a person? Because you've obviously had a chance to... I mean, I've met Ruben twice, um, but it was literally, hello, shake his hand, thank you, that type of thing. And probably a bit the same with you, Paul, and your two girls. It's really just a hello, thank you very much for everything that you're doing. You've probably had a chance to have a sit and a, a talk and a chat to Ruben. What's he like as a person and what's his family like? I would I would describe him and his family as very uh, friendly, approachable, um, quite down to earth people. I remember when I was younger, the players that um, were at the club just after Mick McCarthy, they were very different to the players that came after Nuno's arrival. So like Neves and Jota, the, these players they were much more friendly and approachable, and you could go up to them and you could have a conversation. I think. After the end of the games, you know, we would walk past the, the car park where the players parked and they would often stop for every single person who was queuing for a picture, autograph, something like that. Whereas in the past, I don't think you had that as much. You know, some players would have, but not all. And I think the willingness to become involved with the city, you know, shows a lot about his his personality because a lot of, a lot of players don't and they don't have to you know, a two-minute conversation can really change. Uh, it, it can leave a lasting impact on anyone's life. You know, I, I always remember meeting um, players who, you know, for a couple of minutes, just spending those, you know, the time, um, just having a chat. I think it's uh, those moments are really special, and and for players like Nevers to give those moments, it's important. And uh, Lucas. Um... What 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 what's talking to Ruben been like from your point of view? It's been like um, different to any other player. Like it was more like a um, good like a book character. Like he was like honest with everything he would say. Like he would never like say anything like bad about a player. Like he would always like agree with like what you say, but then just like word it differently. So he's like getting his point of view across whilst agreeing with your point. And. Um... Did you ever talk to Ruben about like his future ambitions or anything like that? Did he give you any insight into um, 
what he wanted to achieve. I mean, how much of a shock has it been for you that he'd not gone to Barcelona and or somewhere else in Europe and he's ended up going to Saudi Arabia? I think uh, whilst he was, if, you, if we can think back to the Europa League season, um, he was, the whole group, you know, the players, the Portuguese players, they were so proud. And I think there was a real ambition that we could take it that step further and get qualified for the Champions League if we had um, managed to get into, you know, to the final and then eventually win the tournament. I think, you know, I spoke to a few people after the game who were around the first team, after the Seville game. And they assured me that if the pandemic hadn't have happened and we had got to that stage and we had to play Seville at Molyneux in a second leg, we would have won that game. And then, you know, obviously they went on to play uh, Manchester United. And, you know, we always had such good games against those, that, those, that kind of team in those years. Um, and I, I think that there was a strong ambition to, to carry on that project of taking Wolves the next step. And they all shared that ambition, including uh, Ruben. That's really good insight. Paul, I mean, that's really interesting what Lucas has had to say there regarding the severe game. Um, obviously, you know, we remember it. It got played behind closed doors. Raul had the penalty, missed it. First penalty he'd missed for Wolves. Severe were very dominant on the night, but Wolves were playing, as they often did in under Nuno, with such resilience and defiance. And I think it was like 85th minute that they got the goal we are all open. it could get to extra time and uh, regroup and penalties and that type of thing. Um, but it's interesting what Lucas has had to say about the players, that if it had been a two-legged quarter-final, as would have been, Wolves would have progressed across that tie. What are your thoughts? I've never actually watched that match back. And the reason is, um, when the match kicked off, it was the same time as my flight took off to come back from holiday. It was in August, wasn't it, I think, when it was played. So when the game kicked off at 8 o'clock or whatever it was, I had to turn my phone off. And I was in the air for two and a half hours, and I didn't know the score, obviously, until we landed. So I've never watched it back, but I agree. Um, the atmosphere we've seen for the um, FA Cup quarterfinal, Man United, nobody's heard Molyneux like that. And I'd like to think that would have been replicated for sure against uh, Sevilla. Um, Top-class team, though, aren't they, Sevilla? Real pedigree. Um, and obviously, we've got their manager now, so hopefully he can bring some of that success in our direction. Uh, and absolutely. And, Lucas, are we all right to mention uh, the, the company that you, you've, you've, your family runs? Is that OK to say? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, so basically, uh, it's Wentfield Cars. And obviously, as part of that... They pick up and transport players uh, to and from different things, from sometimes from training. They're always on hand. Um, like when a new player arrives, you tend to pick them up and take them around and stuff like that. So that's kind of how you, because of, because you, you 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 know your dad's and your granddad's company do that type of thing. How you've come to sort of be able to share some of these uh, experience with with the players. It gives you quite a privileged position, doesn't it, really? And the one thing that are, that comes across really, really well um, on the on the channel is, like, you're quite humble about it, you know. I mean, not, it's probably a lot of teenagers' dreams to be able to sit and have a chat with Ruben Neves, to be able to go on the pitch and do the pumping, like, what you know, what you've done with Nuno and that type of thing. Um, so, you know, how, what are your thoughts... 
you know, now Nevers has gone, you know, on the future for, for next season, what's your um, your take on, as a Wolves fan, young Wolves fan, because you've probably, you know, me and Paul are a bit longer in the tooth, shall we say, and we've seen a lot of pain, whereas, you know, Lewis, you're 14, so the last six years since the age of eight, you've probably known nothing but Wolves from being in the Premier League. And it's almost similar to you. You probably remember the championship and the pain and stuff a little bit more, Lucas. But how do you feel about Wolves as a club and the last sort of couple of years and how are you feeling about next season at this point? I think um, I saw a picture a few few weeks ago and it was of the team that were in the Europa League and they were all players who had left or obviously Adamatoro was in their squad but his contract has expired and his future is obviously uncertain at the moment um, but apart from Ruben everyone had, had left in the, the, that champ- no sorry the championship season so I think the the stage the, the clubs now that project that the club had engaged with to get to the Europa League I think it has concluded now with with Nevers' departure I think it it almost did a few seasons ago um, maybe when Nuno left um, but I think now there's a chance now for the club to really move forward. Obviously, there's been good arrivals. Julian Lopetegui is a fantastic manager and, you know, he's won the Europa League himself. Uh, he's obviously managed Real Madrid and the Spanish national team. So I think it's, it's great that things were good before, but also we're doing quite well now. You know, we have, a, we have good good potential. Obviously, Matt Hobbs, I think, is a, a good appointment at Sporting Director. I think he's made really smart signings with, you know, Mario Lamina for a really a low fee, really, in the grand scheme of things, for his, his output. The same with Craig Dawson. So I think that there's a lot to be excited about, but I, I think it will be different to how it was. But it's not necessarily a bad thing because, of course, there were problems and, the, you know, that team and their squad that was there previously it had limitations itself. Um, Paul, they talk ever so well, um, don't they? Oh, by the way, we've got SJ that has put a little super chat. He wants you boys to give us give us a wave. <laughs> there you go. Fantastic. Um, Paul, the lads speak really, really well, don't they? I mean, the, what, what are you, you know, uh, they're coming across very well considering it's their debut as well and very knowledgeable. Very clear, yeah, making some great points. And um, I really like what they just said about it's an opportunity now for a new cycle to start because that's looking at things in a positive way. We have got a good manager. He has made some good signings already. Let's see what we can bring in this summer and hopefully we can regenerate and and go again. Um, They're completely right about the cycle has ended with the likes of Neves going um, from that Europa League squad. And we were really punching above our weight, weren't we, with that? I mean, yeah. I've had a season ticket for 32 years now and I've never seen us finish um, that high. And we finished seventh, haven't we, twice in, in the Premier League. But other than that, we've been very much championship level, even down to League One, scrapping against relegation. So that's like well above average for us. But who's to say that shouldn't be, not the expectation, but certainly the ambition of where we want to be building over the next 12 to 18 months. Not saying we're going to qualify for Europe next season, but we have to have that ambition that we want to build, get stronger, and and hopefully get back into that top seven. Well, 
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Absolutely. And do you think um, under Lopetegui now, boys, that um, obviously it was, you know, a bad season, <laughs> a bad couple of seasons, especially with the goal scoring and stuff like that. But he's kept us up. We got 13th. But his job was to come in and keep us up do you now feel that because we've got set up and it seems like the managerial situation's settled although there is reports of al hilal now trying to tap up julian to as one of the uh, the options for him to go to saudi arabia as well so just when you think things are sorted there's another another bit of uncertainty but i think he'll stay um do you feel now that that's sorted? You made a really good point about matt hobbs because it seems like him and julian get on really really well do you think that will push Wolves at the table next season. It's like uh, Lewis said about like, Matt Hobbs, uh, that he's brought like um, Lemina and for like, a small three like, to be a good player. So I think uh, with the Coventry striker, uh, Victor, um, he's going to be like the same, coming for a small price and be a good goal scorer, saying to the Premier League well. Uh, it's, uh, and then Matt and Julian will think of other players to bring in from overseas as well to come and uh, rebuild Wolves to push higher for next season. Absolutely. And we all know that now that Wolves have got to be a bit careful in FFP. I mean, let's face it, £47 million poor. We could never have believed we were going to get £47 million for, new, for, for, uh, for Neves. I mean, it's like probably £20 million or so more than I thought we would get. I mean, what, what a deal. Yeah, the money's not bad, but I mean, I mentioned Rice before. And um, I've seen in the chat that mentioned about Mason Mount. Chelsea don't want to let him leave for uh, less than 50 million. And he's only got a year left on his contract as well. So, yes, it's a decent fee, but I don't think it's massively overinflated, really, based on other deals that we're seeing, his quality, his experience. So, yeah, I mean, the key thing when you get a decent transfer fee in is spend it wisely. Um, if we fluff our lines on that money now, not only have we lost our best player, but then we've wasted nearly 50 million. So we need to judge it based on who to bring in, really, as well, as much as anything. Yeah, absolutely. We're going we're gonna to change tack. Uh, just as a few people that have um, asked about uh, coming on uh, the channel, we're always welcome new people, especially when we get on to the new season. Extra time every single week, uh, we have a fans phone in. And if you do want to get on extra time when the new season starts, which is always a Sunday night show, um, you're more than welcome to come on and express your views. Just make sure that you get in touch with uh, Always Wolves um, on any of our socials or just drop 
the link for you there. Uh, we're now on we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're even on in, we're even on TikTok now. Um, so if you drop um, us a message on any of those and get in touch, um, and when you and make sure you're following us when we get nearer to the extra time um, shows of the new season. Uh, you'll be more than welcome to come on and express your views. This is a, a special this week uh, that we've got. So, uh, yeah, and if you're obviously brand new, make sure that you look at subscribing because it means you can join into the uh, the comments section. Right, boys, uh, we're going and uh, Paul, we're gonna we're gonna ta- move tack a little bit because we're gonna talk about the uh, the away shirt, um, which I'm just gonna put up on the uh, the Wolves website. I'm just gonna. I'm just going to share my screen with you there. This is the uh, the away shirt. And I'm just going to flick through some of the images that you've got here. The red away shirt, which looks like sometimes I think it's black uh, with gold trim. Sometimes I think it looks like uh, black, uh, sorry, teal with gold trims at the uh, patch at the top. Uh, obviously, it's got the pattern. We know it's £60. Some people have said it looks like a bit like a strawberry with the uh, with the patterns on it. Paul, can you ever remember us having a red second strip? No, I can remember we had a, a white and red away kit when the likes of Kevin Boyle were the sponsors then, weren't they? Yeah, Sporting Bet about it was must have been about 2010, 2011, and it was white with a fair bit of red on. Other than that, no. But I think if you go back to our conception in the in the late eighteen hundreds, I'm sure red was our primary colour. Well, it know, was red and white. Yeah. Um, and do you know why we? Do you know why wolves are gold and black? Do you know what the, the reason why wolves are gold and black? I feel like I should, but you tell right. me. Do you know how? Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you, boys. Do you know why wolves are gold and black? <laughs> Do you know what? I didn't know this as well. And I went to Molyneux because I was going for a meeting and uh, there was a history tour that was on. Um, and I was in the, uh, you know, the bit like the foyer when you go in and stuff like that. There was a history tour on and um, it was, it was given a talk and the gold, right, and black. And I thought that's really interesting because loads of people don't really know. The gold, um, sorry, the black represents the sun setting and the gold represents the sun rising. Hence, outer darkness cometh light. That's why it's gold and black. The black's the night. The gold is the dawn. Outer darkness. It all makes sense, doesn't it? And that's why we're gold and black. I never realised that before. I've been educated. <laughs> right, Paul, before we go on to uh, Lewis and Lucas, um, obviously you, we, did a, we did a review show um, on the uh, on the thing, what is your opinion on the uh, the away shirt? I'm not too fussed to be honest. I'm I'm not too fussed. I mean, I still love wearing my black away top from the Europa League run, and for me, I don't need to go and buy another kit because I want to just wear that. I don't think it's disgusting, but I, it isn't something that's really like made me think, "Wow, what an amazing kit!" So I'm just a bit lukewarm on it. Lukewarm. So what would you rate it out of 10? I want to see it in person, really, to give a proper judgment. I don't know. Um, give it maybe a six. It's just all right. But 
I'm not I'm not one of these fans that's fussed about kits really. I don't like look forward to the release when it comes out. I might just have a quick look, but I'm not fussed. Okay, so you're a six. Right, we're gonna go with Lucas first to get your view, Lucas, as a fourteen year old. What was your thoughts when the kit dropped? What was your initial reaction? Uh, I was in school at the time, so I've had a look on my phone. And I've just uh, thought of Portugal straight away. You thought Portugal straight away? Yeah. Fantastic. Um, and what was your initial reaction, Lucas? Um, so, I, I think when I saw it, I felt the same. They were taking a lot of inspiration from the Portuguese national shirt. But I think it was the 2020 and then 2021 season where they made a, a burgundy and green shirt. Yeah. Um, that apparently, that... just stop you there, that apparently is the biggest selling Wolves kit of all time. Yeah, I think the second one but might be the Mexican it, I didn't shirt. like it. Yeah, um, I think that one did a better job. at If, if their ambition was to replicate a Portuguese shirt to you know encourage sales there and um, and kind of fit the there's the strong contingent that has been here over the past few seasons. Then I think the they did a better job a few <coughs> years ago. I, I like the shirt. I think it's okay, um, and it, it has grown on me. But I still think it, when in the future we will look back and say that was the the second best out of the attempts to replicate the Portuguese shirt. Okay, and Luke, uh, Luke Lucas, what's your what, what's your rating out of ten for the kit? Do you, um, are you wanting to get it, or you're like... I don't know, because I keep spending loads of money on kits, so I'm trying to keep my money down. Have you got a lot? <laughs> Too many. Yeah, your brother's, your brother's laughing, so I'm taking that as a yes. Yeah, um, I'd probably say... I'd give it a, a seven and a half, because I see it in person. 7.5. Yeah, but I'm not in a rush to get it, so I might sweat to see who we sign, and then depends who we get. We get. Fantastic. And what about you, Lucas? Uh, I would give it a, a six and a half. I think, you know, it, it, it's nice and it has grown on me. But, yeah, I agree with Paul. I'm not really a big, um, you know, I'm not majorly bothered. Do you get many of the, you guys get many of the away kits or is it mainly the home shirt that you tend to get? Um, I got the teal last year. I really like the teal. Yeah. I, I tend to pick one and then, you know, obviously later on in the season, they do quite good offers at the club where they'll do maybe two for £20 and, and that's quite good. Um, but yeah, at the start of the season, I'll tend to pick one. So I'll wait for all three, if, the, if there is three, uh, to be announced and then just pick whichever one I like. I, I, think, there's, I think there definitely will be three. Um, you know, it is. I think, I think most people are a bit surprised with the red because we've never traditionally wolves have had white away kit, black, teal. Um, which you know, we, I think we've even had a blue, but I don't like as, as Paul said, I don't think we've ever had a red like as a second kit. Personally, I'd have seen that as a third kit, you know, that would have been like um, as a third kit that had come out as a third kit, I'd gone okay, but as the actual official second kit, I'm not so sure. There's a lot of people that have that it's a bit of a marmite kit. Some people have like, yeah, I really love it, and then there's some people that really hate it. Guys in the chat, um, could you do us a favour and give us a rating and a, and a one-word comment of your reaction uh, to uh, the kit? 
And then Paul's going to just talk a little bit about um, Nathan Collins um, and his thoughts on Collins and the Brentford whilst we get your input uh, on that, Paul. So I haven't looked at my phone really the last couple of days, but from where I from where I see things, it's advanced talks and 25 million. Is that what you think, Dave, as well? It seems to be edging that way, yeah, from uh, what some of the uh, the media reporters, a couple of naught out of tens there, <laughs> straight off the bat. Carry on, yeah. Yeah, I think this is um, a transfer that really splits opinion. There's, on one hand, you've got the fact that we signed him for 20 million last year. Um, apparently, there were some really big teams interested in him. Brentford are notoriously good recruiters. You know, they do the homework on players. They look at the stats. So there's part of us that might think, well, he's very young. He can only get better. And other teams obviously see his potential. But on the other hand, you might think, well, if it is 25 million, that's 25% profit on a player who's not really played since Christmas, since Julian came in. He's chosen Max and Craig as his top centre-half partnership. So you could look at that as good business. You know, the fact that we made a good profit on a player that's not starting in, in a short period of time. Personally, if I think Brentford are really interested, which it seems that they are, we could try and get the price up a bit more. So I'm not, I'm on the fence a bit for the 25 million, but I think if it goes above that, then you could reinvest that money probably into two good players around the 12, 13 million mark. And it also depends on what's happening with Connor. Um, Toti Gomez obviously done very well towards the back end of last season. Muscara has done very well on loan. Um, is it Columbus? He was that in America. So there's loads of little, little factors which would influence whether this is a good move or not. And at the moment, I think it's about 50-50. So that's where I'll stop for now. Um, Lewis and Lucas, I don't know if you've had, have you had, ever had a chance to have a chat with, with Nathan? No, I think because Nathan is, he was at Burnley, obviously. Um, when he arrived, he, he was capable of doing things himself because obviously he drove here and, you know, everything he, he needed to do, he could take care of himself. But, um, but I would say, I, I agree with Paul. I think it is a 50-51 because like you said, Brentford do do their homework with with transfers. They don't waste money. They're a very efficient club. So if they're interested, they, they can see a player in there. Uh, and also, you know, for, for Wolves to spend £20 million on him last summer, they they also saw a player in there. I know it, you know, it hasn't been as, as a successful well, He's, a, he's only 22, now. isn't he? Nathan yeah. for, a, for a central defender, that's quite young. Most central defenders don't really start to mature into their peak until they sort of get to their mid-twenties. So he's quite young, um, you know, and I feel I feel like Nathan has a lot of ability. Um, but it depends on Lopetegui, really. If Lopetegui wants to keep him, he'll mm -hmm. keep him. But does he see, um, does he see Kilman and Dawson as the main two? He's not going to switch to a back three. You've got Totti Gomez coming in there. And I'd be really interested to also think, what are your thoughts on Connor Cody? Obviously, not the option not taken up. Can you see Cody uh, coming back into the fold, or do you think he's going to get? A, do you think he'll be moved out? 
if we sell Nathan Collins, does that not make it more likely that Connor Cody stays at Wolves? I think it's possible he can certainly stay. Uh, obviously, with Connor, I think people undervalue him sometimes as a defender. I, I do think he has limitations, but he's not as bad as people sometimes make out. I think he's a, he's a fair Premier League defender. And he also brings in really good um, leadership. And the managers he, he works with, obviously, Gareth Southgate trusted him a lot. Nuno trusted him a lot. So I think he's... What he does lack in defending, which isn't a lot, he does make up for with the you know the extra qualities, which is good to have around the dressing room, especially with the departure of Ruben. There will be gaps where, you know, especially with Matinho leaving as well, you know, th- there might be a lack of leaders in the dressing room this season if we were if we continue to recruit younger players as you know we have done over the past few years. So it's possible I see him coming back, um, but. It's just, again, whether he will be happy to, you know, if, if Julian sticks with the two uh, of, of Kilman and Dawson, if he will be happy to sit on the bench or, or it's possible he'll go to a back three, you know, it's, uh, it's really difficult to say. Fantastic. Well, guys, we're coming up towards the, uh, the end of the show. Um, so obviously, if you are brand new around here, uh, make sure, if you, especially if you're enjoying having Paul, uh, Lewis and Lucas on the show, make sure you smash a like. Um, if you subscribe, you can comment and you'll be always able to be able to comment on, on the videos. Um, we're going to open the floor now for the last uh, five or ten minutes to you guys in the chat. So if there's any questions that you want to ask me, uh, Lewis, Lucas, Paul, or all of us as a panel, um, we've got five minutes to, uh, to finish. And if you want to just let us know if there's anyone watching very, very far away live, that we're always interested to see. Uh, where you are. Um, Lewis and Lucas, just one thing um, before I get back to Paul. Matinho, you would have obviously have had chances to talk to uh, to Joe Matinho. What's your take on how he left? And do, have you got any little nuggets of uh, what actually happened there beyond, you know, from what you heard? Because he, he sort of disappeared and Neves has come out and done a beautiful video saying goodbye, you know, not just a comment. We haven't heard a peep out of Joe Matinho. I think it is. Um, it's a bit of a shame because obviously he was part of that cycle we spoke about earlier, and it was such a successful part of the club's you know recent history. And he he, he was really pivotal. I remember uh, the, the Tottenham game in the first season of the Premier League when we played away. Uh, we, we struggled a little bit in the first half, and then Matinho was introduced in the second half, and the game changed, and we went on to win the game. Um, so I, I think he. It is a shame there wasn't as much of a deal made about him leaving. And I, I know the, the, the Portuguese players especially, he held a very strong influence with them. They really did look up to him like, uh, you know, a senior figure because of, you know, I think he's the second most capped player for Portugal. So th- there was a big, massive respect amongst the players, you know, for him. So I think it, for him to leave so quietly, it, it seems strange, but... It's possible that in the end, things happen behind the scenes that nobody even knows about sometimes. And it could have just been that. And, uh, you know, he, I hope he will go on to, you know, do you know good things at his next club. Well, I'll still come out of the thing. We've got uh, Gregory McNeil has got a question for Lucas. What's your favourite halftime snack at Molyneux? Uh, probably, I don't eat much at Molyneux. I'm going to ask him before the game to get my sweets. 
we've had to pick one probably uh, a sausage roll a sausage roll love it uh, yeah. this one for Paul do you think we'll sign Biscuits as it'd be amazing Nevis replacement probably a bit out of our league isn't he in our price structure I mean I don't think in general that the middle and midfield is an area for priority I'm not saying that we shouldn't sign a good player there if they become available but I think we're going to see a lot from Joao Gomez next season. Um, if he's only playing two in there as well, probably with Lamina, you've got Nunes to think about, Boubacar Traore coming back in. We've heard Lopetegui talk highly about Joe Hodge. So I don't think that's probably a realistic shout um, and it's not the area <coughs> of priority really for our transfer business. Chris Humphreys, is that a continue on because you did refer to it's not the priority. Would like to know what the panel thinks is the immediate position we need to recruit this summer. Paul, let you two lads go first. I'll go on then, guys. Um, I think given the the struggles in front of goal the past two seasons, uh, and even before that, really, a striker has to be the priority. But I think it has to be the right type of striker. Obviously, last summer we signed Gonzalo Guedes. And it didn't really work out at all. Uh, I, I think Cunha's come in and he's done a really good job at, you know, I think he's created chances, to be fair to him. And he's scored a couple as well. But I still think we're lacking um, someone I would describe as a selfish number nine, who rather than looking to pass, will just hit the ball. And, you know, sometimes he'll, he'll face criticism from his teammates if the pass was on. But if he had the shots, then we were the goalkeeper. And I think it really... You know, you, you encourage the team to have more shots. And if you have more shots, you'll, you'll probably score more goals. Um, I like Cunha a lot. Obviously, the fee is quite high for him. And I think possibly too high for the type of player. Because with such a big need for a number nine, a selfish number nine, the money probably could have been used better elsewhere. Um, but, you know, I, I think, yeah, it has to be a, a number nine. Uh, Paul, do you concur with that? I agree, yeah. I mean, uh, for me... Um, a player that's really stood out in the Premier League in the last six months is Isak at Newcastle. I know he would be out of our um, price I like range him as well. when Newcastle signed him. You know, they spent £60 million on him. But he's the kind of player that we need because he's good at everything. He is quick. His movement's very good. He can finish. He's physical. He's strong. Very good technically as well. So we need to do our scouting and find the next Isak. That's what I would say would be my top signing. A question here from uh, Charlie to Lewis. Do you think Rafa Mir deserves a chance at the club uh, played for Sevilla well? <laughs> yeah, I think Rafa struggles to adapt to the English culture. You know, I knew Rafa quite well personally. And even when he came back to England after leaving for to join Nottingham Forest on loan, he arrived and he thought it would be a really big opportunity for him. And it, it just doesn't quite click for Rafa in England, unfortunately. And I think it's a shame because he's a, a good player. You know, he can score goals. But I think sometimes players come to the Premier League, similar to Gedesh, and, and they just can't do it in the Premier League. And they'll <coughs> leave and they'll be able to return to their form often that they had before arriving. But it's just never never quite the same in England. I think it's so difficult, especially for the younger players, um, you know, who come from, you know, Spain, Portugal. 
maybe even Italy, the, the football is fairly slower. I think if you look at the, the numbers for uh, possession turnovers in the Premier League, it's so much higher than in Italy, Spain and Portugal. And this kind of small thing, you know, in, in the game and as well as living in, in England, it is, it's tough for people to adapt to sometimes. So as much as I would like him to return personally, you know, as a friend, I think it would be a bad move for him. Fantastic answer. Um, Paul um, and, the, and, and then the boys, Giles, will he be given a chance? Uh, give this amazing season for Borough last season. He should definitely be given a chance. I mean, it's not just Borough last season, but the season before at Cardiff. Um, he's playing in a back four as well, but still um, getting a lot of assists. And we've struggled, I think, with our crossing. For me, that's a big problem we've had for a while now. So he should absolutely be given his chance. And I have every belief that he will be over the over the preseason. In terms of will he stay or not, I mean... The other side of the coin is, is a very saleable asset because young English player off the back of two good championship seasons in a row, you know, somebody could come in and make quite a big offer for him. But for me, I would like to see him given a chance next season in the, in the squad. Absolutely. I, I mean, I'm exactly on the same in regards to that. I think uh, Ryan Giles, he's been the standout player in the championship for two years. If he wasn't our player... We'd be, be linked with him. Yeah. We'd be linked with him anyway. So uh, to me, he's surely got to be uh, given an opportunity. Um, but we'll have to uh, we'll have to wait and see on this. Uh, Tommy Taylor says, "Good show. Um, those young guys know their stuff, which is fantastic." Uh, Lucas, um, what's your shorts on you, Go Bueno? Uh, he's a good um, young player. <laughs> a good young player to have um, coming up from the ranks. He's uh, impressed me this season to say how young he is and how good attacking and defence he is coming up against that experienced Premier League wingers. By any chance, are any of your mates joined us tonight? <laughs> yeah, quite a few. <laughs> I've kind of noticed. Some of them yeah. are very uh, are very polite um, and everything, which is, which is really, really nice. Um, yeah. Just one little comment to everyone that's chatting in the chat. If you put in capitals and demand attention, you won't get any. Um, and also, um, YouTube um, also monitors all the comments, so you'll be flagged if you say anything stupid. So just, um, if you're new, just bear that in mind because you don't want to get your YouTube account banned, um, do you? Um, so fantastic. Uh, Lucy says our, our young players are fantastic, need to show their worth. Um, I'm just running down the, uh, the rest of the comments before we... Um, before we think, I think that's pretty much it uh, for tonight. We're just coming up to an hour. Um, guys, I hope you enjoy this uh, new feature on the ball. We've covered off quite a lot now uh, tonight with Neves, the, the kit and your questions. Thanks for ever so much for joining us live. I know lots of you will be watching this back on, uh, on Catch Up on the channel and it will be out on the Always Wolves podcast uh, tomorrow. Um, Lewis and Lucas, have you enjoyed your debut? Yeah, it's good. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks a lot for having us on. Yeah. Uh, no, welcome, Paul. What's your comments on uh, Lewis and Lucas? I think they could make us redundant. What do you think? It'd be great to see them on the show more next season. They spoke really well tonight. Made some really good points. Um, yeah, I mean, I would. I mean, I love to get some new blood involved with the channel. Um, so, if there's anyone that um, you know wants to do any special pieces of content. Um, 
for the channel, such as like I don't know the best signings that Wolves can make and stuff like that. Get in touch with us, and we can do some videos and stuff like that. Other than that, you're gonna you're gonna need to wait until the extra time show um, in when when the season kicks off in six weeks because we do want to have lots of people's opinions on the weekend's events, and that is a phoning show that anyone is. Uh, is able to get on to. So, yeah, if you've enjoyed it, smash a like. If you're brand new, subscribe. Uh, if you like listening to these things on the podcast, it'll be out on Monday morning. And from myself, Paul, Lewis and Lucas, I'd love to all you lot and your families out there, wherever you are listening or watching the world. And finally, always Wolves. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.